been in a series called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and I want to talk to you about worship today, about good worship, bad worship, and ugly worship. Before I do, I am compelled to pray because it's almost like every time I get up, it's like, I feel like, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, but I feel like this is the most important message I've ever preached before. And it's almost, it's almost like every time I preach, it's like, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. It's the most important. And then I preach, yeah, oh, no, this is the one. But I feel that way this morning. I feel like <clears throat> we got to get this, and we got to get it right. This worship business is important to God. So let me pray. Well, we just humble ourselves before you, understanding that this is such a, a great opportunity for you to be glorified and for you to be honored and for you to be worshiped. We have come into this house and we've gathered in your name to worship you, O oh God. We thank you, Lord, that you are high and lifted up, that you are above any other little God in this world that, that, that people have chose to worship other than you, oh God. We know that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, that you are ultimately and completely in control. And so we thank you, Lord, for that. And we pray your blessings upon this message and, and open up each and every one of our hearts, oh God, as we learn today what you value in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. So, I got a dog at the house. And, and this dog... They, it's a very, very special breed of cow dogs. And some of you may have heard of it. They're called hanging tree cow dogs, where they got, the, they got this inbred instinct to work a cow. And this dog at the house um, has a lot of passion. And he'll go out there and just, he likes to kind of tantalize the cows. <laughs> he has a lot of passion, but he really doesn't have a purpose. <laughs> because what we want is not what he wants. What I want is not what he wants, but he is, I'm sure if he could talk, he would say, now, Randy, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> you, you forget that this is what I'm good at. You forget that this is, I, I mean, like, I am the cow dog. You're just the guy that feeds me. You're just the guy that takes care of me. I know you think you own me. <laughs> but really, when it comes to these things, I know what I'm doing. Now, here's the difference. The, 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 the dichotomy here is when he's out around the cattle, he won't listen to me. But when he gets in the house, you couldn't ask 
for a better dog. Very respectful. Tell him to lay down, he lays down. I mean, he, he won't even eat his food until you give him permission. Okay. And, he, and he'll stand at the door. He won't walk in the door until you tell him it's okay to walk in the door. I mean, he's very respectful. But when it comes, when he's out there, I'm going to say there's nobody here today that's having a problem serving God right now. I mean, like, you like, I mean, like, every one of y'all here, you just look very, very holy. <laughs> and when Tripp's in the house, he's good. But you get him out there with some of the things that he knows about. Now, our culture today is interesting because we, I'm talking about worship this morning. We'll, we'll go to football game to a football game, or we'll go to a concert. When I was uh, when I was rodeoing, I was warming my horse up inside the Astrodome. Anybody ever remember the, the Astrodome? That's like back in the day, back when they had real rodeos. <laughs> the calf roping was right after the George Strait concert. And I, my ears were actually hurting from all of the girls screaming at George Strait. <laughs> Some of you girls know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but at what point in time, like, oh, George, George, oh, he touched me. He I'm talking about worship this morning. I hope somebody's with me so far. <laughs> it, passion is one thing. But having purpose with your worship is what I want to talk to you about today because passion in and of itself doesn't cut it. The main reason why we were created is to be loved by God. The main reason, stay with me, that we were created. We all believe in creation, right? I mean, are we still on the same page here? Because if we do believe in creation, then we have to understand that there is a reason why we were created. I'll wait on you. You, I mean, this is, we don't get nervous around here when you say amen. Hey, I got till 1130. So the topic today is worship, and we, we're created to worship God. If we believe that there is a creator we must know that there is a purpose in our creation, just like Tripp. He was created to work cattle. And we are and were created to worship. Make no mistake, the reason that you're around here, there's something inside of you. You're going to worship. Yeah, we're going to worship something. I love that. <clears throat> but what does it mean 
What is good worship? What's bad worship? What's ugly? You see, at many churches, if some refer to the worship time or the worship leader, they're referring to the time when they're singing. Oh, that's the worship service. Maybe when you think of worship, you think of an ancient pagan civilization bowing down to some sort of an idol. Maybe you think of a chanting in ways through certain churches, through rituals, or, or maybe even taking communion. Maybe it's repeating yourself rituals, ritualistic chants. But I would submit to you in Romans, where's your Bible? Where's your Bible? I can't see your Bible. Raise your hand up if you got your Bible. If, you're, if it's on your phone, raise your phone up. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. Everybody say, in view of God's mercy. This is important. To offer up your bodies, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, holy, we all know what holy means. It means to be set apart for a purpose. We offer our bodies for a Holy for a purpose, not just passion, but there has to be a purpose in our passion. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. Ooh, we, better, we better go back and read that again because the, if, it, if that is our spiritual act of worship, we better know what. In view of God's mercy to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, and this is your spiritual act of worship. And then it says this. It goes on to talk about this. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, the ritualistic pattern of this world, but be transformed by how? By the renewing of your mind. That you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And a lot of times we get the cart before the horse when we talk about the will of God. What is God's will? And I remember growing up, like, what, what's God's will for my life? And I'd, I'd come down to the altar, oh, God, please tell me, tell me what your will is. Let me tell you something. First and foremost, you want to know what God's will is for your life. I'm going to tell you right now, God's will is for you to be a worshiper, to present your body as a living Sacrifice. He died for us so we don't have to die for him. We have to live for him. A living sacrifice, not a sacrifice that dies, but somebody that is full of life. This church needs to be full of life. <laughs> There's a lot of death out there and people are looking for life. And the only way that we will know the other side of God's plan and purpose for our life if, is if we get this worship business down. <clears throat> God always takes the first step 
And he's told us that we don't deserve, we don't really deserve God's love. He told us that it is only through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross that we can be forgiven. But in spite of us, he has incredibly, he has been incredibly merciful. Can you say amen to that? I said in spite of us. Now, some of y'all holy people that don't ever mess up, uh, you may not know what I'm talking about, but, but all of us other sinners around here, because to whom much, uh, who, who, those who have been forgiven much, loves much. If you've got a love problem, you probably don't understand God's forgiveness. And that's the first step in knowing how to worship God is when you accept his forgiveness for all your... Yeah, yeah, with me, that's good stuff. <laughs> so God, loving God, he always takes the first step toward us. That's why he sent his only begotten son, because he wanted to take the first step so that we would understand and comprehend to the best of our ability his love for us. And then in response to his love for us, because of his mercy that he has shown to us, we respond in an act of worship. He took the first step in creating us, and he takes the first step in saving us through his son. The spirit draws us. What an opportunity. You see, our worship is a response to the mercy that God has shown us. So God saves us from something. He saves us from the slavery of sin. Anybody need some of that saving this morning. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about you people that you think once you walk down the aisle and, and, and you get your religion in your back pocket with your, your church membership in it, and you think that's all you need and you go, go outside and live like, I'm talking about people that need help every day. I'm talking about people who are desperate for the presence of God in their life. Somebody who will just take a hold and say, God, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother. It's not my sister. It's me, oh God. I need your presence in my life. You see, God saved us from something, from the slavery to sin, from the consequences of our disobedience, from judgment and ultimately from hell. He also saved us to something. See, if God saved us from something, then he also saved us to something. You know what he saved us to? He saved us to worship. When you're saved from sin, you're saved to worship. You put the past behind you, and repent means turning away from, and when you, and when you turn away from sin, you turn toward God, and you have an act of worship, and what that does, that helps you from turning back towards your sin. Worship will help you through any problem you have. By the way, you came to the right place this morning. I'm not talking about people that just come once in a while, or they just come once or twice a year to get their insurance. <laughs> I'm talking about serious people like y'all. Serious people like y'all watching online that says, I'm not, I'm not playing around anymore. I am saved from eternal damnation from hell, and I'm saved to and for the purpose 
of worship. And at some point in time, when I get saved for this purpose, I understand that I just won't be a person. I'm a purpose. I'm going to develop a passion for worship because I have fallen in love because of the mercy that God has shown me when I didn't deserve it. Gracious. To, to answer the initial question, what is worship? The answer is both simple yet a little bit complex. It's everything if you want to know the answer to what is worship. Worship is everything. Is it music? Is music worship? Yes. Is taking part in the church service worship? Yes. Is getting up and having breakfast and going to work every day worship? Yes. Or at least it should be. You see, in response to God's mercy, we, are off, we offer ourselves, our bodies, as a living sacrifice. This is our spiritual act of worship. And when you make a sacrifice, you give something up. That's the very nature of a sacrifice. It's a serious, costly gift. That's what Jesus gave. He gave his only life so that whosoever believes in him, he made the sacrifice so that we could have that template and that example to be to sacrifice as well but not to die for him but to live for him now what is worship worship is everything should be everything now some people set aside a time for obedience to god just just like my dog trip like when he's in the house he obeys But when he gets out on stuff that he knows about, things that he's like, hmm, 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 something takes over. And Tripp no longer is obedient to his master because he thinks that he knows better than his master. And you know what? I have a solution for that. It's called a shock caller <laughs> it is cowboy church we tell it like it is around here <laughs> for all you Peter people I don't turn it all the way up Because whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. And the reason he disciplines us is because he knows that we were created for the purpose of worship. And when worship is stifled by the distractions of this world, and we begin to look to other things to worship them, God is a jealous God. You've heard that before, right? God is a jealous God. What does that mean? Because we, we're like, I didn't think you were supposed to be jealous. What that means is, is that he doesn't want to share you with the world. He's like, I'm a jealous God, and you get out there, and you start messing up and messing around, something's going to happen. You're either going to get the consequences of your sin, or you're going to run back to me. But one thing about God, he will never make you do the right thing. You will have to make the choice to worship him. 
Either you will worship him or you won't worship him, but he doesn't make, like if I was God, I'd like, you'd be worshiping me. You know what I'm saying? Like I get my lightning bow out. Oh, he's not worshiping. That's not the way God is. He's not like that. I wanted to preach a sermon one time. What I would do if I was God. He's never let me preach that sermon. In view of God's mercy, God gave something substantial. I would just like to ask you, do you have anything substantial that you can give to God? You know, he's not impressed with your money. He's not impressed with how good looking you are because he made you anyway. There's a lot of things that he's not impressed with that we in this world, we're really impressed with because we have our priorities completely contrary many times to what God prioritizes. But I will say this, when it comes to worship, how you steward your time will reveal the value of your worship? Do you take time, specific time out for God every day? Or do you just kind of like keep him on the back burner? Well, he's in the, I got him in the back seat, but I'm going to be doing the driving today. So your time is important. Evaluate your time, your talent, because everybody's got some of that. Tripp's got his talent, you got your talent. Everybody's got talent. Everybody can do something really good. And you can do something better than that guy sitting next to you. And he can do something better than you, than you can. Because it, it's just that way. But what have you done with what you've been gifted with? Do you glorify God with the gift that he's given you? In other words, do you worship God? Is it, a matter, is it a matter of perpetual worship? What I mean by that is that the Sabbath day, Sunday, Sunday was not just made for worshiping God. That's not the only day that God made for you to set aside to worship him. He actually set aside Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday perpetually, moment by moment, every second of your life, he has set aside you to worship him as an act of worship, whether you're taking out the trash, whether you're making the big deal on the real estate development, no matter what you're doing, you are made to glorify God no matter what gift you've been given. Now, you can clap now, but I got to talk about money. And when you talk about money in church, it gets real quiet. We don't talk about it much around here because uh, we just don't because I don't know why. But I'm right now because our time, our talent, and our treasure. The Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And you see, a lot of people, oh, gracious, I got to keep moving. If we're not careful, we will tell God what we think we should give. 
because it's my money. That's the first problem. Because if you belong to God, now if I, if I, if I have everybody raise their hands, do you belong to God? Everybody, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I say, well, does your money belong to God? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> and then it, that's why it says in Malachi, it says, bring your tithe into the storehouse. And then it says this. No, it doesn't say that. It says bring all of your tithe. The word tithe means 10%. In other words, first 10% that comes to my home, when I win a roping, what I make at that roping, I give 10% of that. What I make for my wages, I give 10%. Whatever comes, the first 10% goes to God because the tithe belongs to God. I'm talking about worship now. Because honestly, I'm just going to say this the best way I know how. It's not your money that God is after. This church is going to survive without your money because there's always going to be people that, that get this. But, but I'm talking about if you, if, you, if you feel like you hadn't figured it all out yet, God's grace and his mercy, his mercy's still there for you. Thank God. And so what he's saying is, is to bring all the tithe into the storehouse. He says, trust me with 10% of your income. And when you trust me that with that and you present it into, the, into my kingdom as an act of worship, I can do more with that 90% that you keep than you could have done with the 100% if you didn't give it to me. That's what he's saying. So actually, when we worship, when we worship, we're saying, we're saying, God, I trust you. And because of the mercy that you've given me, I'm willing to make sacrifices of my time, my talent, and my treasure because I trust you. Because worship is something, because if God doesn't have all of our worship, there is idols in our life. And that's the reason why in, in the top 10 commandments, USB, said, have no other gods before me. You see, I just, I just got way too many notes this morning. I'm getting. That's good. It's good. It's good. So when I was a kid, my... We had a big lawn, and we lived right next to the church, and the church had a big lawn, and I was a kid, and my dad was like, you got to mow the lawn every Saturday. And I'm like, can't we do it every other Saturday? <laughs> and, and because we're playing football, all my neighborhood friends play football right across the street on the lawn at the, at the, at the high school, at the junior, at the grade school, and, and we're, we're like, I'm like, and so I, I, I was a whiner. I was a whiner when it came to mowing the lawn. And here's what my mom said to me. She said, Randy, you can complain and you can have a bad attitude about mowing the lawn or you can have a good attitude about mowing the lawn and God will bless your good attitude but if you, if you don't have a good attitude, God's not going to bless you mowing the lawn. But either way, 
you're going to mow the lawn. So, let me just say this about worship. Get it right. One way or the other, you're going to pay your tithe. You're going to have things break down, and God's, God's going to get your attention one way or the other about paying tithe. And, and, and you're either going to do it one way or you're going to do it the other way. Because if you belong to God, God, God's going to bring discipline, and he might not turn that shot collar all the way up, but he's going to get your attention, I promise you. I don't even know where I'm at in my notes. <laughs> Gracious. We need, uh, in Romans 12, to do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be ye transformed. I need to read this one scripture to you, though. We're supposed to be out of here at 11, aren't we? Gracious. So, in John chapter 4, y'all might want to read this. Uh, Jesus uh, met this lady at the, at the well, and, and um, uh, and he, 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 he was talking to her, and he said, I, and she said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where you worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers, everybody say true worshipers. The time is coming and has now come, Jesus said, that true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. The ones who worship in spirit and in truth are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and truth. In our day and age today, we have a lot of what we call spiritual people. And uh, they're, they're uh, anything from, what's, what's, the, what's the ladies that read your, read your palm? <laughs> the psychics, the palm readers. And, and we say, oh, they're spiritual. They're so spiritual. And you talk to anybody, especially, you know, I mean, like, they're like, oh, I'm a very spiritual person. Stay with me now. It's true. They are spiritual. But being spiritual is not enough. We must worship him in spirit and in, and if you don't have the truth, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are if you don't have the truth to go along with your spirituality. Spirituality. 
The scripture says to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman. This is an act of worship, by the way. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. When you know the truth and you have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of you, and you have studied the Word of God. Have you ever been around somebody that claimed to be a Christian, but they uh, just live like the devil? I mean, they're out getting drunk on Friday night, sleeping with everybody they can find. I mean, it's like, it's like oh, I'm a got quiet. I probably shouldn't have said all that, but you get it. You get it. So the question is, does truth mean the same thing to you as it does to God? Is the truth of God's word something that you value because you'll never understand worship? You'll never understand your purpose and your creation until you understand the truth of the word of God. And when you put your spirituality with the truth of the word of God, those are the kind of worshipers that God seeks after. You have a, everybody say, I have a responsibility. We each one of us have a responsibility to know how to worship. I've had people, I counsel people all the time, and, and they're just like, well, for me, I just, I just think that this is all right. That I'm not going to go into everything I hear, but we have a habit of attempting to justify what is unjustifiable unjust, to God. <laughs> so this is, this is the ugly side of worship. Y'all stay with me. I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta land this ship. <laughs> the ugly side of worship, bad worship, let me go to bad worship. Bad, bad worship is when you serve other gods. When, you, when anything that takes the place of God, whether it's, whether it's somebody, and honestly, it can be family members. You fasten your seatbelt for a minute. Your kids, you can take care of your kids and do everything your kids want to do and put God on the back burner. Your kids can be an idol. You don't want to hear that, I know. Your spouse, your mama, your job, your money, your retirement plan. You with me? That's bad worship. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You say, preacher, boy, you're getting right down. Let me tell you something. When you let God be first and you worship God and only God, only then will you be the mama that God made you to be. Only then will you be the daddy that God, only then will God bless your finances. Only then will God take a hold of you and allow you to have peace in your life because of the mercy that he offered you and you're willing to sacrifice to 
seek God and his kingdom first, then you'll have the peace of God and you'll be at peace with all the people around you because you'll be worshiping God instead of chasing after everything else that consumes your time. Bad worship. Ugly worship. <laughs> I think ugly worship is something that, that God uh, appreciates. What am I talking about? I don't have it all figured out. I'm the preacher, and I don't have it all figured out. And I'm sure there's things that God, that I do, just like old trip, and I think I think it's good, but God's up there going. <laughs> Ugly worship is not always doing the right thing, but it's it's like, man, I'm trying hard. Y'all with me? Don't beat yourself up about your worship if you're trying hard. Align yourself with the truth of God's word to the best of your ability, but embrace the process of growth. Embrace this process of saying, I don't have, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. I don't have it all figured out, but I'm going to, to the best of my ability, I'm going to follow God. And I have determined that I'm going to be a worshiper of God. Live, die, sink, or swim. I'm going to follow God. Ugly worship. Good worship. Good worship, I believe, is, is not that far off of ugly worship, but good worship is when you really do prioritize perpetually every moment of every day. That's, that's my challenge for everybody today is to set aside every moment of every day for God. That's my challenge for you for today, to worship God because of the mercy. And understand, it's because of God's mercy that he has shown us that we can worship him in spirit and in truth. And God will seek after you and he'll help you through your troubled times because you are trying to the best of your abilities to follow God perpetually. So, several years, a few years back, we went to, um, went to um, Europe, went to Italy and a lot of places. And they got a lot of churches over there, a lot of beautiful churches. And in those churches, it's very ornate, a lot of stained glass and, and just the, the architecture just, just really, really amazing. But do you know what they're doing in the church there? They're charging admission for the tourists to come tour the church. And do you know what they tell you when you tour the church? They tell you about everything that happened in the history of the church. Do you know what they don't tell you? They don't tell you about anything that's happening today. You know why? There ain't nothing happening today. They don't tell you about the vision for the future. You know why? Because they don't have a vision for the future. You know why? There's no worshipers. The worshipers have left the church. 
we're not going to have that around here. We're going to be worshipers of Almighty God. We're going to have fire in our bones because of the mercy that God has given us. If somebody's going to be worshiping, I want to be right in the middle of it. I got to pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thanks for helping us this morning. God, brand in our hearts the worship side of us. May our hearts be motivated not to be just part-time worshipers or to be worshipers when we're in a certain environment, but to be a perpetual worship. May we worship the same throughout the week on Friday and Saturday night, same as we worship on Sunday morning and Monday night. Lord, help us, Lord, to be worshipers. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second this morning. If you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the first step in being a worshiper is accepting Jesus as his as your personal savior. If you've never done that, or maybe if you haven't, you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody, preacher, that's me. Anybody? Give this little boy a Bible. Yeah, thank you, buddy. I'm going to give you a Bible. Here's a little Bible. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. I don't want to miss anybody. That's a sweet boy. Yeah, right here. Thank you, buddy. Anybody else? Before we move on, I'm not going to spend much time here. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. I'm so proud of y'all. If you raise your hand, would you look up at me? If you raise your hand, would you mind coming up and let me pray? Come on up here and let me pray with you. I'd be honored. I'm so proud of you guys. Bless you, buddy. What's your name? Wade. Wade, I'm proud of you, buddy. What's your name? Anthony. I want to pray with you guys. Is that okay? Y'all help us pray. I'm just going to help you ask Jesus to come into your life. And you pray and you believe. And, and God will come in and he'll be with you, okay? Just repeat after me. Y'all help us. Got one more. Oh, come on. There you go. That's good. Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? What's your name? Grayson. Grayson. It's good to meet you, buddy. Man. Can, you pray, can you pray with us, Grayson? Let's pray together. Just repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. That's so sweet. I'm proud of you, Anthony. Bless you, Grayson. Listen, go visit those guys over there for just a second. Bless you, buddy. I'm proud of you. Oh, I love you. Go visit those ladies for just a second, These, those men. Yeah, thank you. Stand with me, please. That's so cool. So cool.
we all have the same amount of time, right? We all have the same amount of time, am I right? I mean, we all have the same amount of time. Some of us, we're like busy and some of them, but we still have the same amount of time. How many need to readjust some of your schedule so that you are a more intentional worshiper? Raise your hand. Probably unanimous. Okay, so we're gonna. I'm gonna pray. Let's all do this, show us. Let's raise our hand and surrender to Him. I just want to pray with you. So, Lord, you see our hands today. We, you see the hands of those people online that are raising their hands. Help us, Lord, to be intentional worshipers. Oh God, we've come into this house, and as we leave this house, that we will worship you perpetually, moment by moment. That you, you will seek after us because of your mercy. We glorify you and we give you honor and we give you praise and we expect great things because of decisions that are made here today to be genuine worshipers of the most high God and we thank you for it in Jesus name and everybody said I love you guys thank you so much for coming we got our prayer team if you need special prayer love to have you